Well, hey you, hello there, every person everywhere. Well, hello, lovely individuals, wherever you are, however you're listening. My name is Lynn. This is Every Person Everywhere, stuff you can relate to. So, after my last episode, let's go back into my stories about my travels in France. Now, France itself, very gloomy, very overcast with lots of smog, at least in Paris. The countryside was beautiful, and towns were very few and far between. The rules in France were very different compared to each country next to them, and every small area about the size of one medium-sized state in the United States has its own language, culture, history, triumphs, setbacks, so on and so forth. France was very eco-sustainable outside of major cities. They relied a lot on their own import or things that could be easily transported across country lines and not so much needed to be shipped or imported from further afield. We went to the Louvre. We saw the Mona Lisa. The picture was very underwhelming. We went to the Eiffel Tower. The wait was about three hours long. And that was very underwhelming. And we then went to the art district on top of the hill in Paris, and that was underwhelming. We learned how to navigate the train system, which was exciting, and then gave us something to do and, you know, derp around with on our day off that we would have in two days' time. And as exciting as it was, that too was fairly underwhelming. The food, the French cuisine, once again, alarming, but underwhelming as far as flavor goes. It's just very straightforward, lots of sauces made from butter, and weird methods of cooking things, which often gets taught as a way to impress people and get Michelin stars, but otherwise still kind of a, kind of underwhelming, if you ask me. Crepes. Crepes were nice. Those were very nice. Understanding the language around me was not. The bookstores and clothing stores we entered were not impressive. And if you are somebody who's into cars and fashion, the shopping strip outside of the Arc de Triomphe is perfect for you. But, alas, underwhelming. Now, why could this be? Personally, probably because I've never been the biggest fan of cities. I'll admit it, when I start talking about London in due time, you will hear me undermine London quite a lot. It's very exciting if you're a tourist who's there for two weeks. There's a lot of things to see and do. There's a lot of culture, no doubt. But when you're in the mesh of it, day after day, month after month, it gets very old very quickly when you're not a city fan. Now, if you love cities, it's perfect. What wasn't underwhelming was being on the water again. We took a canal cruise on a charter steamboat. That was cool. We got to see all the bridges where lovers hang their locks and hope they don't get taken down by nasty locksmiths and bolt cutters and that kind of stuff to preserve the natural integrity of the bridge. Um, Notre Dame, the cathedral, was not underwhelming because I'm a big fan of beautiful architecture. The Louvre itself, on the inside, 
was immaculate, although the Mona Lisa was underwhelming. No, seriously, like, the picture frame is probably the size of an adult woman's torso, if that. And I'm not talking, like, the average American torso. I mean the average European torso. So we're talking maybe one meter each direction. Probably less, maybe half a meter each direction of height and width. Very underwhelming. So, this gave me a lot of time on my hands to think and absorb everything that I'd seen and done so far. There were people that were there with me that were in love with Paris. There were others, just like me, that were not the biggest fans of being in cities. Understandably so. But one thing remained. We had time to think and talk. We had time to kill. I had time to walk around Paris and whistle Boulevard of Broken Dreams walking side by side with my roommate, Nick, as we talked about our love lives and our life lives and sort of did our own thorns and roses about what we did and did not enjoy about the trip. And we mutually enjoyed a lot of the same things. But he changed my perspective, whereas I very quickly grew to dislike Paris and therefore leave a very nasty impression of France until I got to meet French people who weren't from Paris because, mind you, the Parisians dislike tourists with a burning passion and dislike most Europeans with a burning passion. Nick enjoyed it. Why? Not because he was a city fan, but because this was his break from reality. This was his break from the year ahead. He was going to be a junior in high school. And in most places in America, that's where you start to take all of your standardized tests. And you need to study hard. Because if you don't work really hard your junior year, you won't have motivation to your senior year unless you screwed up in your junior year. Your junior year, you're supposed to start applying for and looking at getting into colleges. So this was the calm before the storm for him. He was having some domestic conflicts in his household between his parents at that point, which has since been resolved peacefully without further detail being mentioned or needed, as it's not my place to say anyhow. But it was his break from that. And having a day to just walk around with his roommate and get to know him a bit more as a human being? It was exactly what he needed. It was his way of saying that in spite of everything, there's still something to look forward to. There's something left to enjoy about life. And it comes in very awkward ways sometimes. For him, his gift of being one of the most professional and proficient trombone players in the entire country from a very young age has afforded him lots of unique opportunities with this being one of the very first few. And they all happened because he was a trombone player and not a single of them went as planned. He too was disappointed that we didn't go to London. But we reflected on Paris and although we might not have enjoyed the food or the fact that we both asthmatics suffered because smog everywhere, We didn't enjoy the scornful looks and remarks from the locals. We thought the completely unisex bathroom setups were very fascinating. 
Luxembourg Gardens was one of the most immaculate places we ever performed to this date in our lives a decade later, as of the time of recording this, of course. And we just learned more about being teenagers and enjoying vacation and time away. Even though a lot of things were underwhelming about France, and probably would be to me at least to this day should I return, there was still so much to enjoy and celebrate. And so my measurable goal that I started on that trip of learn one new thing every day, no matter how insignificant, was actualized because what I thought was underwhelming and insignificant ended up being one of the most important moments that I would reflect back on now. It was where I learned that you don't always need to be doing cool things. You don't always need to be spending money. Though when you have it and you can, that definitely does help a quite few people, including myself. Guilty as charged. You don't always need to be doing what's expected of you. And it came through as you have 10 hours before the performance to just go, explore, meet back where we started. You have smartphones, and those of you that do not have phone plans that allow you to hack into Wi-Fi and stuff, we have every single one of your phone numbers, so if you get lost, we'll know and we'll find you and we'll send a search party. Paris is, after all, a grid and a city, so... It's not that hard to get completely and utterly hopelessly lost without finding some iteration of your way forward. Um, And we also had chaperones enjoying the city doing the same thing. But they gave us each maps and said, have fun. We got to see a different side of Europe that day because we were just strolling around. We weren't with a tour group. We weren't with a group group of any kind. We were just going and revisiting things that we had already seen to view them from a different light. We walked by the Eiffel Tower again. And I appreciated that if I wanted to, I could go up there right now. And so we saw some of our classmates from that trip who were in line to go up and, you know, have their romantic summer fling kiss atop the Eiffel Tower. Something that they would remember for the rest of their lives, even if they didn't remember the person that they ended up kissing, which ended up being most of the people that went up there, honestly. Save one of my friends and her now husband, I believe. But we got to view it from a light of, we could seize this opportunity, or we could go see what else is out there. And France really was my reminder of, things might be really out there in very different ways and obviously all of my time in Europe was out there for different reasons but what was out there about France and Paris specifically is many of the streets were fairly empty many of the subway stations we visited and spent countless euros on were fairly empty we got to interact with people on the street who were from Paris who were trying to help us with the buy a bike thing Turns out if you have an American debit card, it simply won't unlock. You need to have a European card. We found this out the hard way as a tech savvy 20-something told us this when he was trying to rent a bike and helped us to the best of his ability in broken English to get ours. 
So even though the experience of Paris visually was underwhelming, I still learned a lot about myself and the world. And that's a lesson that I carry with me to this day. And so my question for you, friends, on this episode is, what underwhelming event has happened in your life that you ended up learning much more from than you ever thought possible? What did you learn? How hard was it to remember what it was that you learned and did, quite frankly? And pray tell, how in the world does that affect you now? And to this, I add my beautiful and nurturing silence.